Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. It is 2020, and I'm still saying that. Do you like that? Yep. All right. We are back in studio finally. It's been a long 2019, and uh, we finally have in the studio with us again the three of us. It's been a while. Shauna? I'm here. Yeah? Yep. All right. You ready to go? Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy? It's very good to be back. Yes, it's very good to see you, sir. We've missed each other. Yes, Yes, we have. So should we entertain our listeners with a little bit of holiday cheer and spirit that we enjoyed? Mm, No. Uh, Jeremy, how was your Christmas? We didn't really get a chance to talk a whole lot. Fantastic. During that time, yeah? Yeah, good family time. Yeah. We, uh... Had an interesting Christmas, didn't we, Shauna? I don't know. What do you want I to share? I don't know. <laughs> no, it was interesting in that uh, it felt a bit scroogey. In other words, oh, yeah. we didn't have any Christmas decorations or we didn't have a Christmas tree and our kids were reduced to uh, presents and gift um, unwrapping through what stockings. So we just lost a lot of listeners and, and support <laughs> and fans at this point to say we didn't have Christmas decorations. Did, I mean, is it really a big deal if you don't support? Do you have to go all Griswold on your Christmas? I don't or like, know. It, de- it definitely changed the, the maybe the experience and the atmosphere. Because, yeah. I mean, honestly, I love Christmas decorations for the ladies out there listening. But um, this 2019 was a really incredible year for us. Yeah, it just was. Uh, personally and just ministry-wise and all that God's doing. And, and I think I... Um, really got a lot of got really overwhelmed in a lot of ways where my house suffered and I just really got cluttered in a lot of ways and um just the thought of like bringing Christmas decorations down from the attic and and doing it just seemed like it was piling more on top of the chaos so we just made a decision this year not to decorate and really at the time we even thought oh wait we haven't decorated it was already late as yeah. it was. So we sat our kids down and apologized and they were like, it's okay. As long as we have a real Christmas tree next year. Yeah. But the good news is, is I have two great friends and the value of asking for help is unbelievable because they came over and helped me declutter and our house looks amazing and we're ready for game night tonight. So yeah, we're, uh, we're having a game night tonight and it's something that hopefully we can uh, introduce in 2020. That's a, a fun time. Not just, well, it's mainly for our, our church folks, just inviting people to come and just have a good time. Great. We feel yeah. like everybody, we're serious all the time in, in, um, ministry wise and just a lot of stuff we do. Michael and I were talking, how can we create some fun, you know, and just hang out with our people and, and not just always talking about the things we're working through. So that's what we're going to do. Every second Friday, we're inviting some people over, having game night. Now that we've put this out there, and now those who don't get an invite are (laughs) going to be reaching out. It's all right. It's all right. Well, the encouragement is anybody listening should have a game night. Yeah. It's a good good way to invite people over, just have a good time, and uh, just see how people get competitive and and have a good time. But uh, at any rate, uh, this podcast, we are going to be talking about spiritual disciplines, um, just in reflecting in 2019, as Shauna alluded to, it was a great year. Uh, and, and as far as counseling is concerned, there was uh, I experienced a lot of men, and then even in marriage counseling sessions, where um, it it was pretty apparent to me that the church uh, is really struggling in helping the helping its people have spiritual disciplines. And what does that look like? And well, we have 
people coming into counseling that they really do struggle with uh, just the reality of the spiritual disciplines. And when I say spiritual disciplines, what I'm talking about specifically is reading scripture, knowing how to study our Bibles, not just reducing our time in scripture to, uh, you know, here we are at the beginning of the year and reading the Bible in a year and just, you know, reading a chapter a day or whatever the case is and checking a box. Like we want to go beyond that and just uh, helping our people read more and getting to know the word. And then secondly, praying and meditating and and then fasting, you know, and, and what that looks like if necessary. Um, and then obviously outside of the personal aspects of the spiritual disciplines, the relational uh, impact of those disciplines where we're actually having accountable relationships and being able to apply those spiritual disciplines. And so uh, today we wanted to talk about those in this particular podcast. We're going to focus on just Reading scripture, obviously, as biblical counselors, we spend a lot of time reading scripture with our with our counselees. So, uh, just any introductory thoughts, y'all, that y'all want to contribute to before we jump into the the meat of it? Well, I know you say as biblical counselors, we read the scriptures a lot too with our counselees. But something I notice as I'm training counselors is sometimes that's actually not the case. Uh, sometimes. There's not a whole lot of actually pulling out the Bible and reading through it. It's right. paraphrasing and things. So I think mm-hmm. it's very important for us to to talk about this. Yeah, especially on a new year. Yeah, it's good. Shauna? Well, obviously the new year people are, are they call it resolutions, which is what? My my mic? No, your pop filter. Like it's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> Tell me what to do. Oh. Like that was important to interrupt me. It was so distracting. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. My mic was not positioned well. It was like a bottle cap that, that you were getting ready to drink that was kind of halfway off and you were going to lose it. It just was weird. <laughs> Thank you for fixing it. Well, that. I forgot what I was Now saying. we can continue. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So I think people like really talk about it from a resolutional standpoint yeah. on, hey, okay, now it's a new year. Here's what I'm going to start strong and do these particular things. I think a big trend is what's your word of the year, which I am a fan of, but on the flip, you know, flip side, it's, we can get kind of stuck in a box on these particular things. And I think spiritual disciplines is something not just for the beginning of a year, but obviously all year long. And it's not something really to go to in a way that it's all about me. Like resolutions are all like, okay, I want to lose weight. Like, right, it's focused on me and what I want to increase and do and change within myself. Where spiritual disciplines, I feel like it's more about the Lord. You know, it's focused on God and, yeah. and, and the why behind why I'm doing it is not to make myself feel better or look better, but it's more about like, this is literally the purpose of my life, you know, and spending time with God in prayer and in scripture is not just a to do or a task, but it's literally like the light, like just like breathing, you know, who, yeah. who was it that said that? Was it Piper that said, um, prayer is, is just as important as Christian breathing or something like that. Yeah. Am I misquoting yeah. that? Something I'll actually put that, I'll find that quote. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, but that was just so good because it's true, and I think we lose out on that. We make it more of a task and a thing to do, when in reality it literally should be like the essence of, of, of everything. In other words, it's almost like the idea of practice, Excuse me, of practicing it is to help people realize it's more of a, it's demonstrating a devotion, not a duty. Yeah. And that that's kind of the heart behind it. I like that. A devotion, not a duty. I think that's really good in a way of, of being able to communicate that in the counseling room to the counselee. So I don't know if you just came up with that, but that's true. And so I think that even no matter how strong we are, even, you know, us as, as much as we read and what we do, sometimes we definitely need to be reminded of this. You know, it's easy to get into worldly habits and miss out on these types of things. 
So I think like no matter if you're just starting out or you've been a believer for a really long time, these are things that we need are that's where discipleship and counseling is, is such an important piece because we, I think we all need to get, we all get sidetracked. We all need to be reminded and put our focus back on the Lord. That's why Colossians 3, 2 is one of my favorite scriptures to set your minds on the things above and not the things on the earth because we can easily get distracted. And um, why I love that you put meditation and scripture memorization, I think that is an important piece. Again, not just a thing to do, but in doing that, it helps us throughout the day. You know what I mean? Like memorizing scripture. I know this is going to sound really silly, but it just came to mind. But I hate going to the dentist. I love. There's nothing silly about that thought. Well, I mean, I think most people feel that way, but I'm like really bad. Like just to clean my teeth, I want them to put the numbing gel on. Like I. I thought you get all gassed up. Well, I have to because I have really (laughs) bad anxiety. And so in a way, like when I'm sitting in that chair and constrained and someone's like right in my face and my mouth, it's so incredibly uncomfortable. But I'm saying this and admitting this right now because it came to mind of how important spiritual disciplines was. Because in that moment, I mean, I literally everything in my body wanted to be like, I'm getting out of this chair. I wanted to crawl out of my skin. But memorizing a scripture and just repeating it over and over as I was sitting there just brought me to a sense of peace and calmness in a way that I could last through it. I know it's just teeth cleaning, but it was a really big accomplishment because it was something that the, oh. I, it, it, the, my, because of my spiritual disciplines, the Lord literally got me through that. You know? Yeah. Your spiritual disciplines yeah. helped you through your anxiety, which is exactly the point of practicing these in biblical yeah, counseling. And with I just think this is like a, a little example to how it could play out completely, you know, in everybody's lives in all these different types of ways. So I don't know if that's helpful, but. No, well, I, I think it's a real-life example of how you actually practiced it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and had you not learned to memorize that verse, that you mm-hmm. probably would have been defeated in that moment and probably got out of the chair. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but I love devotion versus duty. I, I, I don't know if you've ever said that to me before, but that really just... Well, I have, but I've used that in a different con- in a, okay. in a different context. Like but um, and, and I think that's what happens even in counseling. You know, they're there. These people are coming to receive help and get help. Um, they obviously want, um, help from a horizontal perspective and all the while seem to be so nearsighted in that, that they don't realize that if they actually had these spiritual disciplines practiced, much like your example, like it wouldn't alleviate everything, but it would certainly, as God promises us, he doesn't leave us nor forsake us. And that's us practicing those things in those moments. And so to bring that into the counseling room and just bring an awareness in this particular episode to where as counselors, we're, we're helping our counselees realize the importance of these spiritual disciplines and the practice of them. Obviously, we have to establish something in order to practice it. So a lot of times for me, and then you, you guys can obviously speak to this, but me personally in some of my, uh, in my sessions with uh, some of my uh, counselees, uh, men counselees, I've, I've certainly seen them, like a lot of them, the reason why they don't have direction in their home, um, spending time with their wife and, and, and introducing some sort of family worship, they want to, they have the desire, but they don't have the direction. And so they just, or on the flip side of that scenario, you've got a wife who becomes somewhat kind of aggravated or even holding her husband in contempt because she wants him to be the spiritual leader and he's not doing it and she's aggravated by it. And she's, you know what I mean? And holding him in contempt. And then before you know it, you have a frustrated marriage 
when it comes down to at the end of the day, learning to practice spiritual discipline. So, I mean, something extremely practical that I found myself I, doing in counseling. I, I think that's a great example about the uh, aggravated wife. And, and it is for some reason, there is a commonality of, of, we see a lot of women who are spiritually stronger than the men. There's gotta yeah. be something there of, of why is that such a wrestle? And so one of the things, just in case there is that that lady out there who's who's either wrestling with this or helping someone with one of the things I I like to uh, remind those women is that that's not a work for you to fix you know through your spiritual disciplines it will naturally overflow into your marriage and your family but the heart change that your husband needs and the renewed passion and the renewed heart for the Lord is something that only God can do so again back in spiritual disciplines how's your prayer and are you specifically praying for him in this particular way not because you want it, because you want him to have that with the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's a completely different Which, desire behind it. I don't want you to be a spiritual leader because of what you can do for me. I want you to be a spiritual leader because of what that's, what that will do for you, having that type of relationship with the Lord and the growth that you will experience. That then, of course, will naturally pour out into our marriage, into our family. Yeah, and in, in your example, you mentioned prayer. And that's actually, and we'll cover prayer in our next podcast. So uh, stay tuned for that. But that's again, that's a real life situation where the wife's getting aggravated and frustrated when in order to be a good supporter of that and learning, you know, kind of some long suffering because of you desire that so much, like learn to pray for your husband versus punishing your husband. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just kind of in, in certain ways. So it's like trying to identify it as a healthy desire because right. it's aligned with scripture. Right not selfishly driven, but because of this right. is how we should want, but also how are you, how are you not getting aggravated, but to re- redirecting that desire to where yep. it needs to be. That's that good. Makes sense, Jeremy. So Hebrews four twelve, just a seminal passage for me as a counselor that our listeners are probably quite familiar with. Uh, it says for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so I know as a counselor myself, I can become prone. If I'm not careful, I can become prone to referencing a book by Paul Tripp or Ed Welch or one of my favorite authors or letting the homework sort of be centered around that book mm-hmm. and and do my counselees a disservice by not pointing them to this book, the scriptures, yeah. that is alive. It's breathing. It's different than an Ed Welch book. It's different than... We love you, Ed. Yes, yeah. absolutely. No, those are supplemental, yeah. Hel- yeah. great supplemental yeah, material. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, but I hear what you're saying. Maybe an example of that, even in the, in the marriage context that you guys are talking about. So as, as we're utilizing the Bible in counseling. I want to make sure because the culture of Christianity tends to be very robotic in the way we use the Bible, or maybe another way to say it is we can become very Sunday schoolish in the yeah. way we're interacting with scripture. And um, what I often encourage people to do is when you're reading the scriptures, we want you to be comforted by it. Our hope is that the spirit of God will help your heart resonate with what is there. Yeah. But Hebrews 4.12 says that the Bible exposes the intentions and thoughts of the heart. Mm-hmm. So in a situation like in a marriage where I really want something from my spouse, or I feel like I really need something from my spouse, uh, I might go to a passage like Habakkuk 3.17 and just have a, a counselee wrestle with this passage as it relates to what they're going through. Um, because in their mind, they think until my husband looks this way, performs this way, talks this way, treats me this way, reads his Bible this often or whatever, 
gives me this much affection. I can't be happy. I can't be fulfilled. I can't be satisfied. And so I'll sometimes take them to a passage like this, uh, Habakkuk 3.17, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the, the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. A Sunday school reading of that might be just honing in on, all right, in the midst of this famine, I'm going to take joy in the God of my salvation because he's my strength. And maybe that's applicable, and maybe the person's heart really does resonate with that. But as we apply this to a marital context, the, the correlation here is Habakkuk has been told by God, I'm bringing Israel back, but I'm, it's going to be through destruction. Right. I'm going to take everything you need to survive. I'm taking it. And so Habakkuk is kind of recognizing this reality, and he's saying, I'm about to lose my crop. I'm about to lose my cattle, everything that I need to live on this earth, God is about to, to annihilate it. And so that in our lives, you know, we think we need certain things from a spouse. We think we need, but is that true? You know, when you, when you look at this particular passage, Habakkuk was able to recognize some true physical needs were about to be removed from him, yet there was joy. So something's going on there. So I would want the person, yes, let's take joy in the God who's going to be our strength and make our feet like the feet of deer. But let's also be honest with the text. When you read that and you think about your marriage, that God might take this away or that away or may not give you exactly what you want, is your heart joyful? Mm-hmm. Or are you discouraged? Are yeah. you questioning God? Are you questioning his character? I want to know, how is this passage revealing the depths of your heart? Mm-hmm. Don't smile at me and say, I'm, I'm having joy when on the inside, you're really angry that I even brought this text out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's the Bible living out Hebrews 4.12, where it's exposing the thoughts and intentions of the heart while we're wrestling with a really hard passage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's good. Um, and well, it, speaking, go ahead, Sean. Well, I, I know that we got to wrap this episode up so we can do, do one focused on prayer. But one of the things as he was, as Jeremy was talking, that I, I normally hear from a counseling session is when the, the woman will say, but I'm doing this, this, and this, and I'm not seeing the results. So it's almost like, you know, let's just say we were talking about the example of praying for my husband. Well, I've been praying for him for years, and I'm, I'm still not seeing it, so tell me what to do. Well, again, I feel like that's still self-centered. The intentions of the prayer is saying, I'm praying to God so I can see the results that I want. Mm-hmm. And that's still not having that joy that you just talked about and even the trust that we have in the Lord of realizing that who's sovereign and who's in control. So I would encourage those who are listening and those that were counseling to make sure that as we're looking at the intentions of our own heart, what's the heart and motive of our prayer? Are we praying to get what we want out of our spouse or family? Or are we praying for what God wants and he and, and seeking his strength to, to walk in however that looks? Yeah, no, that's good. And, and really wrapping up and really 2 Timothy 3.16 is another one. Uh, Hebrews 4 is a, a terrific one. Uh, but really 2 Timothy 3.16 really is is addressing the purpose of using scripture even in counseling, mm-hmm. which you know goes on to say that all scripture is breathed, by, breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. The man of God, I mean, that's that's everyone. I mean, that's, that's believers. Um, God has given all of us a work. 
Um, and so it's not just, you know, you're, you're here because your marriage is struggling, but there's, there's far more at work in your life than your marriage, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of bring the conversation full circle with those examples. But the word of God, we need like reminding our counselees in the, in these sessions, you know, even giving homework. I love your, your point on, you know, actually giving homework that's derived from scripture and is scripture and, and engaging with scripture, which is the point of this spiritual discipline. It's reading God's word, knowing God's word. So the word of God gets into you. So you learn how to literally deal with wrestling. Uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're told that, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Well, there's an internal reality where that's happening, much like you, you guys were talking about. So uh, just just in closing, and then if you guys have any final thoughts, but as counselors, when, when we have our counselees in our sessions, we need to continue to have this this level of awareness that uh, this spiritual discipline of um, using God's word to help our counselees cultivate and establish and a practice of reading scripture with their families. And it's not a, well, I don't have time. Or, and it's, again, going back to the idea of delighting versus a, a duty, you know, devotion. our devotion or delight, delight and devotion, right? I'm, I'm doing it out of delight, yeah. demonstrating sure. my devotion. Yeah. So but th- that's kind of one of those things. And unfortunately for a lot of us, it coming to scripture, if we're all honest, and I love your point, Jeremy, for being honest, like on the outward, we could say something where internally it's completely antithetical to what just came out of our mouth. That's not a true representation of our heart. Mm-hmm. And so if we can get, if we can get our counselees to realize that, Hey, even as a counselor, like I don't wake up every day cheerful to get into God's word, like that, I, like I have to posture my heart. And sometimes I wake up feeling like it's a duty, but I enter into prayer, which we're going to, we're going to segue into in our next episode where I got to man, before I even get into God's word, man, I got to start prayer just to, just to reposture my heart and what the way I'm thinking and looking at the Lord as a delight instead of a duty and getting into his word and looking at it more of a devotional, like this is actually going to have an impact on my soul in my day. So using scripture, obviously as biblical counselors, we say that, but I think a lot of times we take that thought process for granted. So you said duty, duty. <laughs> Maybe we need some other duties. Like you said, that. Hey, last year. Any final thoughts y'all? No, I think that's great. I'm excited to get to the next podcast and, and kind of talk about more specifics of, of how to implement this in the counseling room. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. And I just want to remind you, please go to, if you'd like us to address some other topics, go to topics at speakthetruth.org. See you next time.